anointing that God gives, uh, it's an ability that He gives to help us to get through whatever we're going, uh, whatever we're facing. Uh, in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5, if you'll read with me, uh, David, uh, verse 19, uh, inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines, and will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal, and David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water, Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Pirzim, which literally means, if you study that out, Master of Breakthroughs. Master of Breakthroughs. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that you have a breakthrough for your people. An anointing, Lord God, that destroys yokes of bondage, Lord. An anointing, Lord God, that moves us into new territories. Lord, an anointing, Lord God, that empowers us and propels us forward. Lord, a bursting forth of your goodness and of your glory. And I thank you for that, Father God. Today, we set our hearts to receive the breakthrough anointing. We set ourselves, Lord God, for the levels of breakthrough that we need to experience in our lives, Lord God. And not only for ourselves, Lord God, but those that we, Lord God, are going to come into uh, it, to, to come face to face with this week who need a breakthrough in their life. God, may we realize that we have the breakthrough anointing on us according to your word. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And all those agreed said, amen. amen. I love, uh, as we look at a couple of different translations of this, uh, the, the uh, New Living Translation says of this verse, uh, David exclaimed, he burst through my enemies like a raging flood. And so he named that place Baal Perizim, which means the Lord who bursts through, who bursts through. Um, in the Message Bible, it says it like this, uh, as God had spoken, and uh, afterwards David said, God exploded on my enemies like a gush of water. I like that. God exploded on my enemies like a gush of water. That's why David named the place Baal Pirzim, the master who explodes. You know, God, we talk about this uh, through the year, that God can do suddenlies. Things that were, didn't seem like they were working out, didn't think, seems that, you know, miraculous things that can happen. You know, all of us have become familiar in our lives with suddenlies that weren't good. Suddenly the tire blew out. Suddenly the air conditioner quit working. Suddenly the furnace didn't do what it was supposed to. Suddenly the car didn't start. Suddenly the kid fell and broke their leg, whatever. We're all used to those kinds of suddenlies in our lives. Suddenly we got a bill we didn't expect. Suddenly, uh, you know, stuff that happens. But, but what I want you to see and what I want us to build our faith into today is, look, there are great suddenlies that God wants to do in your life. Powerful suddenlies. You know, that suddenly all of a sudden your healing can burst forth. I mean, just like that. Something fought with for so long, battled through, kept standing for, and all of a sudden, it changes just like miraculously. A financial, you know, I mean, let's, let's be honest about this with God. Could God, miraculous, God have the resources to be able to get us all out of debt right now? I mean, does God have the resource? Does God have the resources to get us out of debt? 
and to provide for us the rest of our lives and so that we have even so much wealth that we could pass on to our families. Does God have those kinds of resources? God has all those resources available. Look, God's, you know, you'll hear preachers say this, that the streets of heaven are paved with gold. They're not paved with gold. They are gold. Pavement is something that's on top of the road. They're solid. It, the whole thing is gold. All right? So let me say this. God doesn't have a money problem. God doesn't have a money problem. Now, that's the God that we serve. So he's capable. Now, we have to follow his patterns for how that we bring wealth into this world. All the wealth that you and I need for all the rest of our lives is right here in this earth right now. God is not going to bring the wealth out of heaven into the earth. What happens is, is that you and I, the wealth that we need, we have to get this perspective within our life that that wealth exists here in this earth already. It's here. I said it's here. <laughs> Amen. And suddenly, your financial situation. See, what we've, what we've come to believe in life is that, you know, for example, if you have student loan debt, what we come to believe in life is that it's going to take a long time to pay that student loan off because I'm going to make my payments every month, you know, whatever that is, 150 a month for the rest of my life until it's all paid off. Or the same with a house payment. I'm going to make my, you know, $500 house payment every month for the rest of my life while I have this house for the next 30 years or however, whatever the term of the loan is that I'm going to make. But, but listen, when we begin to increase our perspective that suddenly you could pay that house off, suddenly you could pay, your student loan could be completely paid off and not with the government giving you a break on it. Now, I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is, is that suddenly it's gone. You had enough wealth come to your life that suddenly. See, what happens is, is that there are systems that you and I have become familiar with. The system of God, which is the highway, and the system of the earth, which is the low way. God told us in Isaiah 55, he said, look, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your hot thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are my ways from your ways and your thoughts, my thoughts from your thoughts. But he said, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven returns not thither, waters the earth, makes it bring forth and bud, gives seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So is my word that cometh forth from my mouth. See, David was facing a very bad situation, but he had a word from God he said, Lord, shall I? God said, go for it. When David went for it, what happened? God burst into the situation, and suddenly, what was a bad situation, a breakthrough took place, and it changed, it changed immediately. So what I'm, my point is, is that, look, can you get yourself into a place where you can believe that immediately, to build the level of expectation into your life, that immediately suddenly all debt could be gone. Suddenly you could have the wealth resources to take care of you the rest of your life. Suddenly your health springs forth, bang, it changes immediately. The, ba the bad leg is not a bad leg anymore. The bad knee is not a bad knee. The bad hip is not a bad hip. The problem that you dealt with, the disease you were fighting, suddenly it's gone. What the enemy wants us to buy into is it's going to take a long time for things to change. Now, it may take a long time, 
but you'll be much more joyful expecting it every day than expecting it a long way off from now. Can you say amen? Look at your neighbor and say he's preaching to you right now. Now, there is a breakthrough there is a breakthrough anointing that God wants to do. I believe this with all my heart. I've been spending a lot of time in prayer this last week and in my study and just talking with God and praying in the Holy Spirit. And I really, really felt like God was saying, look, there's a tremendous breakthrough that I want to do in my people, for my people, through my people, to help my people. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, I just want to talk about God for a minute. And as we look at verse 16, it says, thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. See, you and I, we look at the sea and we see the difficulty and God already sees a way through the sea because he is limitless. He is not limited by the circumstances of our lives. He's only limited by our faith that will believe. That's a good point, Pastor. Amen. Thus says the Lord who makes a way he makes a way in the sea. Now, look, why didn't God just not do it through the sea? Why didn't God just make, why didn't he make a path? Why did the path have to run through the many waters? I mean, come on, we've all asked that question. Lord, why did you lead me to this? Why is this happening in my life? Why is this going on? And see, what we miss out on here is, is that God is, wanting to, God is wanting to do a miracle through our life, and he wants us to get to be a part of the miracle. Amen. Amen. You know, I love the story that Jim was telling me this in the hallway today. Um, that he was saying, look, you know, Pastor, I was, he said I was thinking about, you know, the guys, loaves and fishes. The Lord made them pass out the loaves and fishes. Yeah. What was the other one you told me, Jim? Lazarus. Lazarus. Who moved the stone? Jesus didn't move the stone. He told them to move the stone, right? He went up there and moved the stone. Now, we know that God is capable of moving the stone because the tombstone of Jesus was moved out of the way. But Lazarus's miracle happened because people opened up. What if they had all said, we're not moving the stone? They tried to even say that. He stinks. Come on, man. We can't go up there. This is John 11. We can't go up there and open that stone. If we pull that stone away, it's going to smell so bad because he's been in there a few days and he's rank. Jesus said, just do it. Do it. So who moved the stone? The ones that got to experience so I just wish God would take care of everything, just to deal with it, just fix it, make it right, just change it. But look, what God does is he works through people. <laughs> he works through people. You know, um, God is not of the earth. God's not of the earth. He wasn't created out of the earth. He didn't come from the earth. He is the creator of the earth but he is not from the earth. But you're from the earth. Every cell about you has come out of the dirt. Every part of us has come, you know, it's from the, it's from the dust as we say, you know, as the scripture says, it's from the dust that we're created. It's from the dust that we will return. We're out of the earth. Here, here's the thing though. See, because part of the earth, therefore we are a vehicle of authority in the earth with God's help, with God's authority. You take a man or a woman that will now say, God, what do you say? And I will operate in that in the earth. You have nothing more powerful in the earth than a human being who recognizes what God can do through their life. There's nothing more powerful. The church never really has understood the great power that it has. 
You know, we're the only thing, the, the detail, but we're the only thing stopping the Antichrist from coming. Now, we're it. You take the church out, here comes the anti. He's there. He's out there. There have been many. The Bible says there's a lot of antichrists out there. They've been all, they're not, and it's not, you know, the devil's son. Okay? That's all, you've been watching too many movies. The antichrist is an anti-spirit. It's an anti-Jesus spirit, anti-Messiah spirit, anti-church spirit. It's an anti-God spirit. That spirit exists already and it'll rise up in the last days but only after the church because see as long as there's a praying church in the earth then there's human flesh there's human dirt that's taking authority on the on the dirt earth now don't get upset and say he called you dirt i did not call you dirt i said you came from the dirt thank god we don't look like dirt Amen. See, thus the Lord who makes a way in the sea. Seas don't bother. Your, look, your problem isn't bother. Let me say it real clear. Your problem isn't bothering God. Because he already sees a way through it. You say, well, I want to see a way through it. Well, you got to get in his presence. You got to get a word. You got to hear from him. You got to. There's an answer. No, there's an answer. And it's not in the fall lineup of TV shows. It's not happening during the Michigan game. Or the Ohio State game. The Michigan State game. Or the Detroit Lions. You use time praying for that team to get a miracle than you will for yourself. Amen. <laughs> Amen. No, you got to get in his presence. You got to get before him. You got to come into to him and say, Lord, I need clarity. I need direction. I need guidance. I need you to speak to me. That's what David did. Now, look, it says, thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. You know, when Moses was freaking out about what was happening with the children of Israel, God was not freaking out. There was no panic. There was, a, you know, Moses is dealing with all these people. They're mad. What are we going to do? This is horrible. We're all going to die. We should have stayed in Egypt. Moses is like, man, let me go talk to God. He goes in and talks to God. He says, what are we going to do? We're all going to die. This is horrible. We got a mess on our hands, God. Why did you lead us here? God says, shut up and go use what I gave you to use. Part the water. Take authority. Get out of here. Why are you, in fact, God said, why are you crying? See, you wouldn't hear that from the Lord when you're all upset, would you? I mean, you're all boo-hooing, me too. You know, God, why is this happening? Why is this going on? I don't deserve all the stuff we try to, you know, try to crowbar God with here. You know, I shouldn't, I've been a good person. I don't deserve, why is all this happening? And here's what God says. I know we want pity from God, but God says, stop crying after me. And go use what I've given you to use. You know, my, uh, my daughter, she'll tell you, um, you know, when, they, when my kids were little, when they would fall and bust their knee or fall on the ground, I was like the worst person for them to come. They stopped coming to me eventually. Because you know what I said, what I always say to them? You'll be all right. They go, well, it's bleeding. It's okay. We'll just put a Band-Aid on it and some 
you know, Bactine, or do they make that anymore? I don't even know if they make, we'll put some iodine on it or whatever, or alcohol. We'll make a bad situation worse, right? But, you know, they, they, I taught them in life that, look, things get hard, and you're going to get hurt, but you get back up, and you keep moving forward. I didn't hold them for 20 minutes until they stopped crying. I told them a lot of times, and I know you'll think I'm mean because of this, but I taught them that, look, stop crying, because that's not going to change anything. You're all right. It's not that bad. Now, if they accepted that, they would clear up their tears and go about their way and be fine. Okay? The thing is, when you teach your kids that, guess what they teach your grandkids? The exact same thing. It passes from generation to generation. My point is with is that is, is that look, if we're coming to God for over stuff that He told us we could already do, God's gonna tell us to get. Look, it's not as bad. It's not that bad. There's a way out of this. Here's my word. Now go do what I told you to do. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through mighty waters, who bring forth the chariot and horse and the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. So God tells it, look, I can make all of this change. I can make all of this go a different direction. In the book of Micah chapter 2, and I want you to turn there with me if you would, because we'll, we'll probably rest here for a little while. Micah chapter 2 and verse 13. The one who breaks open will come up before them, and they will break out, pass through the gate, and go by it. And their king will pass before them with the Lord, with the Lord at their head. I want to read this now out of the Amplified Version. The breaker, the Messiah, will go up before them. They will break through, pass in through the gate, and go out through it. And their king will pass on before them, the Lord at their head. I want you to notice that word there in the Amplified Version, at least it says, the breaker. There is what I believe is called a breaker anointing, the breaker that goes before, the breaker power, that anointing that is the breakthrough anointing for you and I. And what that anointing does is it moves us through gates. Now gates, if you're writing this down, gates are points of demarcation. All right? Gates are points of demarcation. Gates can be doorways. Gates can be, you know, there's something going on beyond that door that you and I are not experiencing right now. So gate is, is a point of demarcation. So for the Israelites, when God said that the breaker shall go before them, the breaker will show up, what he's saying is, is that, look, I'm going to get you through this thing that has confined you, this gate that has held you back, this thing that has, that has wrapped you up. The people were behind the gate in a tight, confined area, but God broke out and passed through the gate. Because the, they went through because the breaker went through and used the authority to force open the closed gate. One of my, my favorite gate stories is when Chuck and I were in Rwanda. And uh, we were in Rwanda and we're, we're, we're getting ready to leave. Now, we, back then we were flying, I believe it was on Northwestern. And, uh, you know, we had a long trip there, a couple of weeks. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a battle every single day. 
I mean, we were in a constant spiritual warfare at night. It was just a, it was really a tough trip for both of us. And we're getting ready to leave. So we, you know, whenever you've been in a tough place, you get really excited about getting out, okay? I mean, if you've ever been in a country, you get pretty excited about we're leaving all the, that behind and we're moving now back to what we're used to, you know, much more comfortable life. And so, I mean, I, I, I was so, we were so excited, Chuck and I both. So we do all of our stuff, you know, and we get everything prepared and we're ready and we're in the airport and we go through immigration and, you know, our deep, it's not immigration, it's uh, customs, yeah. And our tickets are all cleared and we're all, we got the stamps and we're all ready to go. Well, we get up to the gate, Okay, the gate where we're now going out. We can see the plane on the outside. It's the northwestern plane that we're going to fly home on. So, man, I mean, we're, we're both excited. And so I stepped up to the gate, and there's two Rwandans there. And they take my passport, and they look at it, and they wave me in. Well, Chuck, he, try, he now tries to go in. They, he hands them his passport, and they stop him. And he's standing there, and they're saying, you can't go. I mean, they told him he could not go. Now, look, these are, I mean, there are weapons that are around, you know, in some of these countries, there's some serious, you know, there's AK-4s, these, I mean, there's weapons everywhere in the airport. And so Chuck is standing there, if you can get this, it, it's hard, you know, back then Chuck was twice the size he is right now. I mean, he was a big guy. <laughs> he was a big guy. Had a had a had his Fu Manchu deal or must you know his goatee and and he, he had a lot of hair back then and he's standing there at this gate and they're going these guys are they're dead serious they're not going to let him get on the plane and I'm already I'm already through the gate so I'm experiencing the beauty and the wonder of I'm free and I'm looking for the coffee machine I mean I'm just like oblivious to what's going on on the other side of the gate. And I look back, and Chuck's standing there, and they're looking through his stuff, and they're not wanting to let him go in. And so Chuck realized at that point he had to take his authority. Now, his authority was not as a U.S. citizen saying, I'm going home. His authority was a kingdom authority. And he said to them, you're going to go through here. In the name of Jesus, you're going to let me go through here. I'm going home today. I'm a U.S. citizen. I am going home today. I will through this gate. You're going to let me through this gate. And they said no. But he did not relent in what he said to them. And they looked at him, and they kept arguing. And I, I came back, and I said, Chuck, what's going on? He says, they don't want to let me go. And uh, I said, well, I love you. I'll see you in the U.S. And no, no. <laughs> I'm sure it felt that way to him. He's probably thinking, you're my pastor. Come back out here with me. <laughs> but he stood there at the gate. Now, look, I, I get it. I mean, we're only talking about a space this big right here. But from where you are here to where you are here is a completely different experience. You can even see over here. But you're not experiencing it until you're over here. All right? 
I mean, you can look at it, you can talk about it. You can, oh man, I can't wait to get over there. You know, in the sweet by and by, someday I'll get over there. But listen, no matter how much you look, no matter how much you long for it, the only way to get from here to there is you got to break through whatever it is that's stopping you from getting there. Now, sometimes those two Rwandans that are standing there telling you no are you telling yourself you can't do it. They're you saying that you're not worthy. They're you saying that look at how bad you've been. They're you saying that, you know, uh, if uh, God may not love you, as maybe you're not one of God's favorite children. But the only way you'll ever get through whatever the obst obstruction is, that's stopping you from getting through that gate is faith. Amen. The breakthrough anointing. And I mean, it was really a miraculous thing. Chuck stood his ground. They held on to his passport. They talked back and forth. We think that they, we kind of thought they might want money. That's what, but he didn't get any money out. You know, you negotiate with the devil. You cannot negotiate. If I'm telling any of it wrong, just correct it. It was like 25 years ago, so, yeah. But, I mean, all of a sudden, they just said, okay, and they let him go through, and then we got on the plane, and, and uh, it was awesome. And Chuck was having, can I, do you believe it? Chuck was having a completely different experience on this side than he was on this side. Now he crosses over, okay, and now he is experiencing all the benefit that comes through the, through the gate. Now, here's what the Lord wants you to grab hold of on this breakthrough anointing. Not only will God take you through the gate, God will go ahead of you through the gate Amen. to prepare the way. How does God go ahead of us? Through us declaring his word. By us, you know, Brother Hagin said, faith begins where the will of God is known. By you and I saying what God says, we know that we can go through this gate. See, over here is your kids all living for God. Over here is all those financial resources taken care of. Over here is all the healing. Over here, it doesn't, it's, you're not experiencing it. you got to get through this gate. But God doesn't call us to go away that he hasn't already gone. So he leads us through. He, he guides us. He's a good shepherd. He goes with us through. You know, that's the powerful thing. We, we're not alone, no matter what we're going through. Even when we face death someday in our lives, look, we never face it alone. God is right there with us through the whole thing. Amen. He, doesn't, he never leaves us nor forsake us. I don't know how much more plain he could have been about that, that, look, I'll be with you no matter what? The devil is the one, the, the, the two the adversaries or whatever that are standing there going, no, 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 it's going to be terrible, it's going to be horrible, you know, whatever. The breaker will go up before them, and they will break through, pass in through the gate. So what is the gate that you are standing at today? What is the gate that you need to move through? What is it that you're facing it's not by sheer strength. You know, Chuck, I mean, they love Chuck. They're huge. I mean, he, he had, you know, back then his arms were gigantic. Little Rwandan kids would rub his arm and call him Popeye. I mean, they thought he was, you may not know who Popeye is, but 
But Popeye, man, they would like, I said, Chuck, you need to get a couple of anchors on your forearms, buddy. That would be so cool. You know, they loved him. I mean, he was, he was, he was a big, massive wall of a man. But sheer strength was not going to get him through there. Listen, whatever you, this is very prophetic for you, whatever you try to use in your own strength, the devil has something equal or greater than it. You try to use your own wisdom, I'll tell you, the devil's pretty smart. He knows how to, he knows how to trick you. Don't use your wisdom, use God's wisdom. Don't use your, well, I'm strong, I'll be strong, I can overcome the devil, I could whoop the devil. No, you can't. You cannot. So, well, Jesus de- defeated the devil, so I, it doesn't matter. Now I can go. You win because of Jesus. That's the only reason you win. That's it. If the breaker isn't going before you and you're on your own, they're going to hold you at the gate. What's holding you at the gate right now? Because you can see, you might know it's all there. You might see the aircraft there. You might see the vehicle of blessing that's there before you. But what's at the gate right now that's stopping you going through? What's stopping you from going through? The breaker will go before you. He'll go up before them and they will break through and they'll pass in through the gate and they'll go through it and their king will pass on before them. You know, this is the very nature of Christ's calling. When he said in the, uh, when he declared in I, um, the New Testament, Isaiah 61, he quoted it. He said, listen, the Spirit of the Lord, God is on me because the Lord has anointed me and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor, and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives in the opening of the prison and eyes to those who are bound. The opening... The opening of the door, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, he said, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who would mourn. So what God tells you and I is, look, I want to take you, the anointing of Christ is to break us through. It's not to leave us where we are, it's to take us through, to, the, to, to move into everything that he has for us. Peter's in prison He's sitting in prison. He's been told they're going to take his life. He has guards that are around him. An angel comes in. And has to, Peter has to wake him up. And how does he wake him up? He kicks him. An angel kicked a guy. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, he, I, I could just, I'm trying to envision this, this big angel just not a fat baby, you know, this big angel comes over and, Peter, Peter, he's too far gone. He's out, man. He's, he's sawing logs. And so the angel kicks him. Says, Get up. The prison door is open. Why are you still inside? And that's what I say to you this morning. Look, the, the breaker has gone through the gate. Why are you still standing outside the gate? He's already given you, you know what they call that? He's given you clearance. You got clearance to go forward. What's stopping you? I don't know, Pastor. I mean, it's just hard. Well, so what? He's already gone before you, so he must have done the hard work already. The hard work for you is to believe God. The hard work for you is to get in faith. The hard work for you is to get in the Word. 
The hard work for you is to declare the works of your God even when the circumstances of life are saying it's not true, it's not happening, it's not going to change. The true key to breakthrough is always going to be, and it will always be this, is, is that we must have a word from God. We must have a word from God. And listen, that doesn't mean that you have to have a prophecy from God. What that means is you have to have the word of God. The word of God. You need to know what God says about your situation. See, if you can talk about what's going on with you more than you can talk about, better than, they say not more, but better than what you can talk about what God says about it, then something's out of balance. Now, I'm believing for all kinds of miracles. I, I love this quote to Dave Williams. Uh, I mean, and it really challenged me. Dave Williams uh, was praying, was watching a football game one day. And he was really enjoying the game. And God isn't opposed to watching football games. But the Lord said to him, Dave, if you really want to step into the ministry I've called you to, it's not going to happen while you're watching football games. You're going to have to go study. You're going to have to go pray. You're going to have to give. Look, I'm, God isn't opposed to entertainment. God isn't opposed to us having fun. God isn't opposed to us going to movies or anything like that. But what God is opposed to is that we're out of balance in our lives. So how much time? I'm not, I'm not asking you to answer. How much time did you spend this last week seeking God? How much time did you spend listening to His Word? How much time did you spend studying His Word? How much time? Well, I, well Pastor, I don't know. There's just not, you know, I don't, I don't know how to read the Bible. Okay, well, there's tons of audio stuff that's available. i never forget the one guy, man. And it, see, it's such a lame-o excuse. He said, yeah, I'm just not a real good reader. And I said, okay, I'll give you some audio tapes. You got a cassette player in your, in your vehicle? Yeah. Do you spend a lot of time in your vehicle? Yeah, I, it, my work requires it. I said, okay, here's a set of cassette tapes. Start putting them in. Where do I start? The beginning. Go from Matthew all the way. It was the New Testament. I said, they're, even, they're great tapes because as you listen to them, they've even like made the demons sound like demons. And the, you know, the voice of Jesus and the voice of God, I think they might have even gotten you know, James Earl Jones to do the voice of God, you know. And so I said, start from Matthew, go all the way through Matthew, go all the way to the book of Revelation. Then when you're done there, put it all on and start all over again. So I talked to him a couple of weeks later. I said, how's it going? How's the, well, I haven't started yet. I haven't started yet. So reading is not the issue. Reading is not the issue. Your lame value system is the issue. Because you must be valuing something else more than you do getting to your breakthrough. The according to the book of Isaiah, chapter 10, verse 27, my last verse today. The anointing destroys every yoke of bondage. That's what it says. Beyond the word anointing there, in one translation, it says the fatness. Fatness. Destroys the yoke of bondage. When you really study that verse out, what that verse means is God wants to make you so big that your yoke can't hold you anymore. I remember years ago, um, this was when I was pastoring in Marietta, Somebody had given me a bunch of suits, and, and man, they were nice suits. And I didn't have, I think I had maybe one suit and, uh, that from my wedding, and, 
and uh, it had two pairs of pants and a vest that you could change back and forth, and that was all I had. And uh, so I'd wear that suit all the time. I would preach and different neckties. And so somebody said, look, I've, I've lost a bunch of weight, and I want to give you all these suits. Could you use them? And I, they said, yeah, I'm about your size. I said, that'd be great. They gave them to me. I mean, and they fit perfect. And I think it was like five different suits that this guy had given to me. And they were awesome. They were, they were, I mean, back then, they, you know, they're not current, like today's kind of suits, but they were really, they weren't leisure suits either. So they were really nice suits. <laughs> well, I started putting weight on. And, uh, and I mean, I, I, I was put, I, I don't know, Sharon was pregnant with, I believe it was with um, Angeline. And, uh, and I don't know if I was just putting sympathy weight on or what I was doing. I had gotten sick, and then after I got sick, I put on like a bunch of weight immediately, like 35 pounds. And I mean, I got heavy really quick. And so I have all this extra weight on. Well, these suits are fitting a little, you know, when you've been wearing something for so long, and you know, and you put weight on, you're like, man, it takes a lot to get this, you know, closed, right? But I'm thinking, you know what, it's okay. I can get it, I can get it closed, and I can get my belt on, so I'll be all right. Well, Sharon and I, we were down at the mall, and we're in, I think it was J.C. Penney's or Stone and Thomas or something like that. Yeah, this was after she was born. No, you are still pregnant. Because here's what happens. No, she was born. You're right. You're right. And then you, got, you were pregnant with Shannon. So Angeline's just a little squirt. And she, Angeline goes, Dad, my shoe's untied. And I said, okay. And she's, she didn't know how to untie her. She didn't know how to untie her shoes. So here we are in the mall, me, little Angeline, Greg, and Sharon, who's like out there, okay? So I go, okay, well, I'll untie it. And I go down to untie her shoe, and the back of my pants, they completely ripped out. I mean, look, my whitey tighties, they were showing all, I mean... And it was, and look, it was not just that. There's all these people walking through the mall. There I am with my underwear hanging out in the back. And what does Sharon do? She falls on the ground. Now you got this heavy pregnant woman laying on the ground, rolling back and forth, cracking up. And me, who I'm trying to figure out, what, how do I cover this up? And I can't, I don't have any way to cover up. I'm going to just have to... Now listen, I took those pants to try, after all that happened, I took those pants to try to have them mended, and you know what they told me? These are destroyed. <laughs> because look, the fatness destroyed my pants. I got what's too big for my britches, right? Now look. Here's my point with this. Look, that's how God's going to get you through the, the gate. That's how it happens is, look, you get big. Look, yeah, amen. But, because, look, the greater one is in you already. And when that greater one, when that greater one begins to take over, your thinking. The greater one now is taking over your planning. The greater one is taking over your purpose. You got a word from God. You know that even though, and see, this is why I want you to walk out of here today with, there is just a thin line between your victory and you right now. Mm. 
There's a, you're, it's not a whole nother, it's not gone, it's not so far away from you. You might think it's a long way away. It's right there. It's right there. You just got to cross through. And it is the breaker anointing that gets us through. Amen. That happens through the word. Look, it happens through laying on of hands. It happens through worship. It happens through going to church. It happens through everything. Getting in prayer lines. It happens through going to prayer meetings. It ha- because what you have dedicated and committed yourself to is, is that I am done squandering my life to not get to my breakthrough. I am now focused on I'm going to get to that breakthrough. I'm going to get to that breakthrough. Stand up with me if you would. I'll go ahead and just stop. Breaker anointing. The breaker anointing. I want you to say this with me. Everybody say it with me if you would. I declare and decree that I am anointed for breakthrough and uncommon victories. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. My natural put on supernatural. No obstacle shall be able to stand in my way. Demons that come at me one way shall be scattered seven ways. Because of the breaker anointing that is on me, I am a force to be reckoned with. Every stronghold is coming down. Every stronghold is coming down. Every erected altar established against me is coming down. Every wall of offense is coming down. Every camp of war conspiring against me is coming down. I employ, I employ now the breaker anointing to break, to break irreparable barriers before me. Every weapon formed against me breaks now in Jesus' name. And it shall be as I have spoken in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands to heaven right now. Thank God for it. Lord, we thank you for the breaker anointing that's on your people, Lord God. I see it, Lord, in their eyes this morning. I see it in their lives today, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that there is something here right now. There is an anointing that, Lord, literally destroys the yoke of bondage. That there is a gate for them to pass through. Hallelujah. 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 Look, I'm going to do this this morning. I don't, I just, uh, we're early, so look at me for just a second. I'm going to lay hands on anybody who wants hands laid on them, but here's how you got to think about it, okay? You got to think about that when you come up here, that's your moment. Not that Pastor Jolliffe is laying hands on you because I, I don't have anything. I, that, look, if you think I can get you through, I, I barely get myself through. Come on. Come on. I'm talking about the breaker anointing that comes from Jesus. 
Amy Simple McPherson said years ago, and I absolutely believe this, she said, you lay your hands on people, I will lay my hands on yours, and their miracle will come. 